In music, like in life, you can't always come out on top. And this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact. Welcome to Flop Stars. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me, as always, is Greg Willis. Each week, we take an in-depth look at the world of pop music through the prism of one major diva and the biggest belly flop in her career. With the benefit of hindsight, we'll determine once and for all if history got it right or if these women were robbed. Uh, Well, (laughs) we're here. Week 10, season finale. It's the last episode. I'm so sad. It's been so much fun. I'm, I'm excited for a break. Yeah. But I I can't believe one I can't believe how quickly it went by. Yeah. Two, I'm just amazed that we did it. I'm amazed that we were able to talk this much about this many pop stars' careers and albums, and that we we really like dove deep. See, I'm not amazed at that. I always knew that we 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 had it in us. Could talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm 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 gonna say it, I'm a little impressed with us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I pat t- myself on the back. We've we've uh. We've managed to do it week by week. It's actually been a lot of fun to like listen to all these albums back again and kind of like re. re- I love like when you um, rediscover something that you yeah either liked or maybe you didn't know much about and then you discover it for the first time. Yeah, it's been fun to relive yeah these, these periods in time. Yes, and sort of like remember where I was. Yeah, and what I was going through when it came out, and yeah, it's just been a really cool little trip down memory lane and kind of look back at like how some of these stars careers have changed yeah or evolved or how what my what our relationship with them has become as yeah. a fan yeah it's been interesting it's also been a lesson to me in perseverance seeing what they've done after these moments in time totally and sort yeah. of celebrating that has <laughs> been very cool and a reminder that even when you fall you can get back, get back up. up again yeah it's been it's been fun. We had to save this one for the last yeah. the last one, I think. Yeah. This one is a doozy. This one <laughs> I to I, say the least, there's a lot to unpack here. Yes, and I've I keep going into it I've been telling myself that I want this episode to be fun, but I also want it to be responsible, respectful and yes. maybe uh, and not inflammatory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you and I are both on 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 the side the, the supportive side of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tightrope, but I think we can walk it. Um, before we do that, though, <laughs> because we are taking a break at the beginning of every episode, we have sort of played a little game that lets us look back on pop music mm-hmm. and single out some favorites. But we thought it'd be fun while we leave you for a bit of time to sort to look ahead yeah. um, and to to talk about some of the music we are excited for for the rest of 2019 um, whether it's been confirmed or not whether we're hopeful it's coming or not um, sort of breaking down what we are looking forward to and hopefully by the time we're back maybe some of it's been released maybe not we'll see but um, we're just gonna talk about some of the albums we're most excited for for the rest of this year yeah um, do you want to do the honors? I'm excited. Sure. To hear. Yeah. Um, I mean, my three are going to come as no surprise <laughs> to you or any of my friends or anybody listening that has gotten to know my <laughs> my musical taste. My first one I'm very excited about is the upcoming Garbage album. It's either going to be this year or 2020. Um, they've been working on material for oh, over a year now. Uh, they just had their 2018 tour to celebrate the 20th anniversary of version 2.0, the album that got me into them. 
But knowing that their most recent uh, single, No Horses, was a very dark sound, <sighs> it's. I think that this next album is going to be similar. But they've actually said that they really like the idea of releasing an album in 2020. They just think it kind of sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so it might be by then. But either way, I'm excited for that. And they are um, touring again right now. And I'm um, seeing them next month, actually. Ah. So always excited for a new Garbage record. Um, yes. And then I also uh, have heard recently that... Uh, one of my other uh, favorite divas, Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. um, following last year's Golden album, her like her like uh, dip into the Americana country waters. Yeah, she's uh, working on a new album, and it may or may not be released this year. Maybe, but apparently, she's already registered a song called. Um, she's oh, she's going to debut her new song that she. It's I don't know what's chronicled in like the songwriter. What is that database called? I know what you're talking about. It's a. Uh... <sighs> <laughs> There's a song registered to Kylie, yes. and it's or it's called "A Rose Is a Rose," and she is the headliner of the of the iconic legend slot at Glastonbury in England this this summer. Um, so apparently she's supposed to debut her new song, and hopefully the new material will follow. Well, she just put up that countdown clock. Yes, and there's a countdown clock, so either that's a new single, yeah. new new album, maybe she's doing a surprise, who knows? But yeah. what I'm hoping for is it's going to be going back. I mean, I liked Golden, but I hope it's going to go back to the Kylie that we all fell in love with, which is like, you know, the Euro pop dance Kylie. Yeah. I did not like Golden. I know. Um <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, it just felt like a weird marriage for me. It, it felt like a, um, a a marriage that shouldn't have been. It it just it didn't it didn't seem to make sense. To me. I understand that. I, I, I saw. Mean, I'm glad she got to. She she she. I could I, from, after seeing her last year, I could tell that she really loved that this yeah. era. She loved this music that she was making, and I think the fans appreciated that she was loving it so much. But I'm sure everyone's ready for some yeah. more dance diva. Kylie. I think it's hard when you're that deep into your career to really really switch it up. Not that it was so different. Yeah. But when you're like a legacy performer, it's yeah. ha- it's it's hard for people to see you in any other light. Yeah, which is, isn't exactly fair, but it just kind of is the reality of it. But I think she's one of those stars now in her career where, like a Janet or a Madonna, when you go see them live, you're going to get the hits no matter what, no matter what era they're in. Yeah. Which brings me to my last <laughs> anticipated album, which I'm wondering if you share the same sentiment. I'm obviously excited about Madonna's new record, Madam X, coming out in June. Yeah. I'm really excited for her Billboard's performance tonight with Maluma. Curious to see what that's all about. And she's a new single coming out uh, and a video coming out like next week, I think, with a bunch of dra- dra- drag race queens in it. Oh, yeah, that's so the one that, that Monet... Monet got boot kicked off that yeah. tour for doing the video. I mean, Madonna over. Uh, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's kind of shitty to have held that against her, in my opinion. Pun for the upcoming artists yeah. we're about to talk about. <laughs> um, you are right. We do share one, obviously. <laughs> um, I am very excited, nervous, anxious, all of those yeah. adjectives. <laughs> That's a fair. Um, about Madam X. Medellin has made me <clears throat> much more positive yeah. and feel... Um, like, I'm right to be optimistic, but it, we're early days, so <laughs> we'll see. But I'm always excited for a new Madonna album. Um, I, that that will never not be the case. So. Never know what you're going to get with her. Yes. So I'm very, very excited for Madame <laughs> X. My second one is one that is everyone is just talking about that it's coming. We don't know for sure, but new Rihanna. Oh, yeah. It's got to be here soon. I agree. We all need it. We've been talking about how we're convinced that she's going to do Coachella next year. Yeah. Or she at least should. She should. It's definitely yeah. if she puts out an album, 
like we think she's going to. She should. Yeah. We're we calling know, it now. We know she's in the studio. She's been teasing it. She's doing her own thing. I love every of her other <laughs> endeavors. But God, we need Rihanna. We, and, we and really I think do. It's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. Um, and my third one actually is a little bit of an underrated queen who we both really like. Um, her album's coming out in a couple of weeks. It's Sierra. Oh, um, album Beauty yeah. Marks. I'm so stoked for Beauty Marks. I think she's just, she truly is slept on Oh yeah, um, in an unfair way. Every one of her singles so far that she's been releasing for this new era are fucking magic. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and just have dough stuck in my head. <laughs> like, that's how good that song is. She lives in Seattle. Yeah. With, I had, her, I had, with her husband with who's her on, yeah, who's on, uh, what's the team there? The Seahawks, Seahawks, the Mariners. Uh, yeah. Taylor would kill me. <laughs> Mariners is baseball, Seahawks <laughs> football. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool, but yeah, that's that's a really good pick. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. We, we've talked about Sierra a few times on this podcast. Yeah, a level up is... Oh, man, we'll never forget. No. All right. Well, as you know, this is a pop music podcast, and we don't like to limit ourselves to just one topic. So each week, Greg and I canvas pop music's landscape for all of its new releases and return in hand with our choices for the pop and flop of the week. (laughs) And we always like to get the bad news out of the way first. Um, So let's start off with our flops. I think I know what yours will be. Oh, oh, really? I think I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can see me already cringing. Go ahead. Um, okay, well, what a what a way to end the season on our last episode. I've never been a fan of hers, and I just can't get on board. And I know people have tried to, like, say, oh, no, we like her now, or she's cool now, or, like, whatever. And a lot of my friends are big fans of her, and I'm not going to diss my friends by any means yeah. for liking her, because everyone likes what they like, and that's totally fine. Obviously, I can't stand the new Taylor Swift song yeah. <laughs> with Brandon Yuri. My feelings toward her aside... And at this point, it's just, I just don't like her. I don't even have a, there's sure reasons, but I just don't yeah. like her. No, that's fair. And I um, tried to listen to it. And I just like, I'm just, no, it's just not for, you know, it's just not for yeah. me. And everyone has one of those. Yeah. We all do. She's like, for me, she's the Anne Hathaway of music. <laughs> I just, we th- I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, I just can't. About Katy Perry. That's funny because the, it's the two of them yeah. like that are feuding and I'm not, I'm, I prefer Katy, but um, I don't, I'm sorry. Everybody, I just can't get on board. Well, we're both going to be apologizing. Oh. Because that is my choice for the oh, okay. as well. Yes. Um, so I am more on board with her than you are. <clears throat> it took me a long time. And I think that what she's done politically in the last year or two has get, made me gain a lot of respect for her. Yes. And the song is very, it is Taylor Swift in a song. Like yes. it is to a T. I think for me, its failings are for it to come after reputation, which was such an evolution of sound. It was sort of a maturity. It was it 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 showed an artist growing and and becoming an adult. And this sort of feels to me a regression. This I agree. Track. I'll, I'll give her this. Are you ready for it? Is a fucking jam. Yeah, a Thank lot of stuff Martin. on Reputation I think is actually sure. really good. The first uh, Look What You Made Me Do is terrible, but <laughs> I think a lot of that album is pretty good. This song, it just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel new. It feels to me like either Reputation was a lot of it was false and a put on, or she just stepped backwards and stepped away from it. And either way, it's disappointing to me. Um, I do love Brendan Urie. I think it's he's cute. fun, but yeah, just the it's song, it, it doesn't work. You know what it is? And I'll say, I'll say it like this. Cause I know I really don't have anything particularly against her. I just like, not, I'm not a fan. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like a lot of people like Ed Sheeran. I can't get on board. It just, just yeah. doesn't interest me. It just doesn't interest me. That's it's, all. To me, she is like the basic straight girl pop 
pop yes. star. She's like, I don't think she's for us. No. And that's not to say that there aren't gay people who love her. And there I hate are. to compare pop stars, but bitch, she's no Britney, Rihanna, Beyonce. No. I mean, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. I just, I think she epitomizes to me, like, straight white culture. I think that's totally fair. So, anyway, enough of that. Talk about some good music. What's your pop of the week? Okay, so my pop is uh, someone I've I've raved about on this podcast before. Talk about pop music, the pure pop. It's the new single from Kim Petras, Broken. Mm. Does it sound like all of her other songs? Sure. Mm. Do I still love it? Yes. Did I try to buy pre-sale tickets for her Broken tour this morning and didn't get to because it was working and then by the time I tried it was too late? Yes. (laughs) Have I seen her too many times already probably in the last year like every other gay man in West Hollywood? Yes. Yes. Um... But it's good, and I'm and I support. I always will support Kim. Always, yeah. always, always. It's a good song. She has a it's new a one coming song. out within like a day or two. Ah. Also, I like that one. What's yours? I want to know. My choice um, is a return of someone who I've been waiting to come back for a couple of years. Ooh. Um, and it is my alt alt pop queen Banks. Oh, and I love her Banks. New single Gimme. Oh, I haven't um, heard it yet. It's good. It's good. It's good. There's something about Banks is. The, to me, is just the right amount of art school weirdness in her pop music. Like I was like not to, too grimes. Yeah, <laughs> or I was talking to someone the other day about FKA Twigs. Oh sure. And she was like, you know, her new song Cellophane. Mm-hmm. She's like, do you like it? And I was like, there's something about FKA Twigs that's just like a touch to art school that feels impenetrable. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't really like dig into that song or much of her music. But Banks is like just the right amount for me and the song is cool it's it's i'm always down for like a a gritty dark alt pop track from her and she always delivers and i'm excited to see what this means for a new album so yeah banks banks songs give you the feels yeah they're like they're emotional they're like kind of fucked up that song gemini feed (sighs) yeah the song um i cannot think of the name of it but it was in the Second to last episode of Girls. That is mm. such a good moment. Anyway, love Banks, love Gimme. We'll put it on the playlist. And with that, we're going to take a break. The year was 2013. Selena Gomez wanted us to come and get it. Lord told us we'd never be royals, and Cher was living in a woman's world. And for a one Britney Jean Spears, it was time to work, bitch. That's right, for our season finale, we are talking Britney Spears and her most personal album yet, y'all, <laughs> Britney Jean. Oh, I just told, I was just saying in the break, why am I so nervous about talking about this? Yeah, as we as I've we started recording, I like can feel the nerves. Yeah, crazy. I'm as nervous as she when she gets like um, yeah. she and I share that the fidget fidgetiness. I yeah. just stuttered. Um, <laughs> Oh man, there's so much to unpack with her. You know, I've I'm just I've always just been a huge Britney fan, and it's just such a complicated relationship to have as a fan because you're just conscious and aware of so many things that yeah. have happened to her as a person, mm-hmm. and to to still separate that and support the art that she does and her as a really like a brand, yeah, is it's a lot. It is. Before we get into all of that, let's do what we always do. Let's talk about our relationship with her let's talk about our favorite songs i'm interested to hear your your favorite three i want to hear i'm interested to hear yours because i mean we've all grown up with britney yeah mine may be kind of obvious my first one is slave for you i think slave for you is probably her best song um the video is so good it's a good pop song it's just really perfect and i think i think it's probably like maybe her best song i would argue 
My second choice is from the Oops album, It's Stronger. <laughs> Are we, am I picking all of yours? Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love how Stronger makes me feel when I hear it. I, I love that one. And my third one comes from the In The Zone album. And it may be more of a deep cut, but Breathe On Me. Breathe On Me, I think, is her sexiest song. And what's funny to me is after In The Zone, I feel like on every album, there's a song that is like the Breathe On Me of that album. There's one that's like a little more like synthy, like sex, like mid-tempo, but still dance track. I think you're right. But Breathe On Me was, like, the first and was the best, and it's, like, something that they've always tried to replicate, but Breathe On Me is just so hot. And she's, so she good. loves performing that song. That song is so good. That whole, I mean, the In The Zone album, I think, is my favorite Britney album of them all. I remember that came out when I was a senior in high school, and I distinctly remember this one party that we had at my friend Angie's house. It was, like, when we were, like, drinking when we shouldn't have been, <laughs> and we just put that the actual physical CD in a CD player and just let it play front to back with the entire party. Like no one changed the music. We just like got drunk. We're like doing body shots. Like everyone was just like, (laughs) it's one of those high school parties where everyone was like finding their sexuality and we were all like making out. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. Drinking like shit vodka. Yeah. So that, that album holds a little, it feels very much of my awakening as a young man. I love that. Um, But breathe on me is so good. I think a lot of us probably have, relationships with britney albums and songs and in that way that you just described yeah especially our people our age all, all great ones yes stronger is one of mine <laughs> strong there you know you know what it is there's something about i distinctly remember like watching making the video when that song came out and maybe being like not knowing who i was about my sexuality yet like having not understood my gayness yet yeah i think there's something about stronger that just like you said that that feeling it's like the the message in the song and just like stronger than i don't know yeah it just oh, it gives me life yeah. it gives me fucking life honestly i could have just written down like most britney songs on yeah. here and been like oh yeah i love that one. Oh yeah i love that one um i went with another classic the original overprotected i know me and your husband brett always talk about how much we love this song yeah <laughs> um i love overprotected uh, it's so weird to think that when that song came out, what she was singing about really was, as like a fun pop song really was her life and has yeah. continued to be. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. And Britney often sings about theme, sings about themes that are kind of sad in a way about yeah. fame and, and the loneliness of fame, but it's her real life. Yeah. It's weird, right? It's it like is. a weird connection it, it's or a, disconnection. It, yeah. There's a dissonance to it and it's hard. Sometimes I think it's hard to like, love a song like that because it makes you worried that you're a part of the problem yes exactly like us wanting more and more and more from her does that just make it worse and worse for her yeah anyway we'll get into that uh my last one i'm gonna cheat here and i'm (laughs) just gonna fucking say the blackout album (laughs) start to finish talk about an album start to finish for me blackout i know and it's weird to think that that was the time when she was so like just yeah. low in her life but that fucking album oh my god yeah it's a I, good album it's so it's a solid electro pop it's a like. solid just every track is fucking fire as you would say and yes, I, I would i have great memories with that album and just of britney at the time and what's interesting to think about is at that time and i know we've talked about on this show kind of celebrity tabloid culture around this 2007 time mm-hmm. and how people were so obsessed with like breaking down these especially female celebrities, yeah. uh, especially when they were going some kind of mental health, you know, thing. And now look at looking what's happened now it's flipped. And now it's people outraged over 
you know, the help that she needs instead of being obsessed with like how crazy she is yeah. or seems to be. It's about wanting to help her and, and be mad at her team for not helping her and for controlling her. And well, I mean, we can talk about it, but yeah, the shift in the culture is interesting for me. Definitely. Before we get to that, let's, <laughs> and, and the album itself, let's talk about she, her previous album was Femme Fatale. Yep. 2011. It was actually, I, I didn't even realize this. It was the final one with Jive before die before Jive died. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's a good album. Femme Fatale's great. I think I, I, it's a solid, like, also pretty electropop. Yes. Yeah. Very EDM. Mm-hmm. Was her sixth career number one debut. It put her in a four-way tie for third most number ones for a female artist. Wow. Um, tied with Mariah, Janet, and Beyonce. It's it certified platinum feet. within a month. Wow. Yeah. And it ended the year at number 31 on Billboard 200. Like you said, it's so many hits till the world ends. Hold it against mm-hmm. me. I want to go. She goes on uh, the Femme Fatale tour with Nicki Minaj and Nervo. I saw um, that tour. <laughs> it was originally supposed to be co I didn't remember this. It was originally supposed to be a co-headlining tour with Enrique Iglesias. Oh. And he pulled out of it. And then it changed huh. to like the all-female lineup. But it was originally supposed to be a co-headlining tour. Um, in December of that year, she gets engaged to her longtime boyfriend. I guess not really longtime, but her uh, boyfriend, Jason Trawick, who had also been her agent. By April of 2012, he's added to the conservatorship. Um, he shares conservatorship rights, which is kind of... It just rubs me the wrong way. Creepy. It's just weird. That I know we, it's a comment on her life like this, It's just, but it just feels icky. Yeah, it's very strange that your fiancé would... Uh, Be I don't a conservator? Know. I mean, I guess if they were to get married, it would make sense that he would take over the conservatorship from her father. But it was like her family like wanted him to sign on. To, right. Like, help control her. And for the fact that he was her agent... And had business interests in her as well. I mean, it just all plays into the to the, the story that has really taken hold this year yeah. about what is happening behind the scenes with Britney. But in 2012, she is Forbes' highest paid female musician of the year, making $58 million. It's the first time she topped that list since 2002. Well, we can say why this because she's the X Factor. Yeah, thanks in part to the X yeah. Factor. She joins the second season of Fox's experiment trying to replicate American Idol. She gets a reported salary of $15 million, making her the highest paid judge on a singing competition ever until Katy Perry and her American Idol deal comes along. Did you ever watch her on The X Factor? Oh, I watched every episode. I, it yeah. was rough. <laughs> you had to tune in to see Britney and see how she's going to do in this setting. Like, yeah. It just didn't seem like something that would be comfortable for her to be a judge on a reality singing competition. On live On live TV. And she did it, and it just... It was like a car crash, but it's more in the way that like she just looked so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, she wasn't like always like the nicest. <laughs> no. Like she, the one thing I love about Brittany is like you can tell when she's not having it. Yeah. And she, there were a lot of times on that show when she was not. Everything's on her face. Yeah. When it's... Even when she says something else. Yeah, yeah. 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 She begins working on a new album in 2012, but by January of 2013, she and Jason have split. Um, mm-hmm. Their engagement is announced to be over the same day she says she's not returning to X Factor, which is weird. And her dad is then returned to sole conservator, aside from the lawyers who are involved. Um, May of 2013, it's announced that Will I Am, who's from the Black Eyed Peas, and who had done work on Femme Fatale and who had also done Scream and Shout yep. on his album with Britney is going to be the executive producer of this album. Um, she begins to release more details about it. She says over Twitter that she wrote a song with Sia mm-hmm. about that she loved. And this is when she begins really hyping up that this is her, quote, most personal album yet. 
uh, she starts working with William Orbit mm-hmm. of Madonna and Ray of Light fame. By August, she launches a countdown clock that is to end on September 17th. Um, two days before that, she drops Work Bitch because it leaked early. September 17th, though, her announcement goes on as planned. She announces the album's coming out December 3rd, and she also reveals that she's going to go to Vegas for a two-year residency. Piece of me. Yeah. Hollywood. Really starts a, a massive... History. I would say, not only a massive history, but also like a massive industry for Vegas. It yeah. really starts a revitalization, I think, of the city and its reputation and what it has to offer to people who aren't just gamblers. Britney bought, brought the young crowds and yeah. she brought pop music to Vegas. These, yeah. these pop residencies that probably would have you know, previously been thought of like at the end of a career. And now every major pop star is doing a Vegas residency. Yeah. Literally but, everybody that we yes. talked about on the show. <laughs> yeah. Before she starts that though, the album does have to come out. Um, like we said, Work Bitch is dropped in September. It peaks at number 12. Um, the video was released in October. The video is like shot in the desert. It has the sharks and she's oh, like dominatrix. When that video came out, it was just like, oh, yes, this is the Britney video that we wanted for such a long time. Yeah. It was just so over the top in the desert with the car and the all-female dancers and, the, yes, the shark in the water and the dancing and the hand movement and the dominatrix vibe. And, of course, a little plug for one of her fragrances. Yeah. But then it also shows the Planet Hollywood Casino. Yeah. Um, and funny thing that I was thinking about Work Bitch is, you know, obviously working with Will I Am on this album and... He had, they had such huge success with his song Scream and Shout with her doing those like British vocal, like talk vocals over <laughs> yeah. the clubby beat. They basically were just like, let's do it again. Yeah. A lot of work bitch is almost um, incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. There are literal lyrics that to this day I don't like, call me the bubbler. I don't, what? I don't know what she's actually saying there. Call me the bubbler. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. will never know. I won't look it up. I don't care. There's a, <laughs> my friend Griffin and I used to always sing the makeup lyrics like to this song when she's like, what did she say? You wanna you wanna hop you wanna hop body? We'd be yeah. like, you want a pool party? Party? <laughs> You're like, yes, Brittany, I want a pool party. I want a party in France. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I want all these things. It was interesting for that to be. I get why that's the lead. It's like that's the kind of song you want from Brittany, but it's definitely not. Um, under the umbrella, I think, of most personal... Uh, absolutely album, not. If yeah. anything, it's like... So, okay, I don't know if you watched any of when, when she did the promo for this, for Work Bitch, but she went to the UK and she did um, an interview with Alan Carr of Chatty Man, which is a really fun like talk show over there. He's like this very camp gay host. And... Um, he kept trying to make her say work bitch and she was like really like like held back saying it and then he made her walk around the whole studio and <laughs> to all the offices with this little whip and like walk up to his staff like the writing staff or whatever who work on the yeah. show and be like work bitch and she just did like work bitch and it was like oh, I never saw that. Was, like she she loves when she does stuff over there you can tell like there's another side of her that comes out yeah. But it was still like very uncomfortable. It's interesting that she did that because she really did no promo. No not at all. For the album. None and otherwise. She did. We were talking about this earlier. She did the uh, uh, this like iHeartRadio. Like, look it up on YouTube. It's like a half hour interview sit down with Ryan Seacrest. It was called like a listening party, yeah. quote unquote. 
um, where the first half is her talking to Ryan and then Will I Am comes and talks about like the album and Will I Am basically talks more about it than she does. But Ryan's trying to ask her questions and she's really kind of disengaged and the whole time she's fidgety and just like looks very uncomfortable. Like it's the last place she wants to be. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see her like looking across the room as though she's like kind of looking for help with answers with for like, what yeah. is this song about? There's one part where she gets really excited when he asks her what kind of snacks she likes and she's like, oh, sushi and Doritos and <laughs> and nacho cheese. And you're just like, oh, that's the Britney that we all fell in love with. Yeah. And it's like what she'd rather be fucking doing right now. Yeah. But yeah, there really was not much promo. There was like only two singles off yeah, this record. Perfume was the other one, the Sia Ballad. Yeah. That peaked at number 76. It, yeah, it wasn't really anywhere. No. It's not a bad song either. No, not great, but... It's not like Sia's best. No, definitely not. The album leaks on November 20th ahead of its release. Um, she releases a statement to those of you listening to the leaks. I hope you love it. I made this album specifically for my diehard fans. So I'm just hoping every song touches you because each one is a piece of me. Um, the album is made available to stream on iTunes five days later before it's released physically on December 3rd. It debuts at number four with 107,000 units moved, which was massively below even the expectations leading up to it. Um, It was her lowest debut ever. In comparison, her debut album in 1999, when she was relatively an unknown, debuted at 124 units sold in its first week. So pretty huge failure in sales there. Yeah, Um, It's the first album of hers to drop out of the top 10 after one week. It falls to 22, ends the year at number 74. I wonder, you know, what it was that really did that. I think there was a lot of things at play here. I think there was, like we talked about, hardly any promotion. Yeah. Um, I think that Work Bitch being the lead single and then Perfume, barely the singles were barely promoted. Work Bitch really is like a song for like diehard Britney fans, for the gays, for yeah, clubs. Yeah. You know, Britney always was consistently releasing like pop songs that everyone could love. Yeah. And this was, that was not the case with this song. It couldn't even really have proper radio play because of the be fucking, edited. yeah, it had to yeah, be called chorus. work work, which is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. It sounds ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's a, I, I love it. And she opens her piece of me show with it or for, did for five, four or five years. But I think there's that. I think the, when you listen to the album that we'll get into the production of it, it just doesn't sound like the Britney that we're, we'll really talk about that, that we're really used to hearing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people blame Will I Am for that. Yeah. Um, but there's also just, it was a weird album era in that it wasn't really an era as much of like a marketing tool for the Vegas residency. Right. It's really how looking back, I was like the timing of it all. It was almost like the album was used in, in conjunction with the announcement of the Vegas show. Yeah, and definitely. It's it's interesting to me to think that like the album would only exist as like promotion for this this other thing. But it does, like you said, it does feel like that. It does feel like the lack of promo behind it. Like this was an afterthought compared to what was coming in a couple of months. Well, and if you look back at it, the timing of it, it actually does make sense because like they released this album in December. December, they announced the album and they released Work Bitch and announced Vegas in September. The show started the end of December that year. Like she needed that time to get ready and produce yes. a show for Vegas. That makes sense. So that was what they were working where on. Where the promo, that, why there was no promo. Ultimately, that's where the fucking money was coming from. The revenue from the show was going to far out, you know, exceed anything from Britney from Jean. Sale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just feel like to me, the idea that maybe the album was sec- a second thought mm-hmm strikes me as weird because I feel like you would want the album to be 
so good that people would want to go, want to go see, see it, it performed. But then again, we talk about these divas. People want to go see them live, not just for their latest album, but to see they want to see the their hits. repertoire. They want to see what they love. And it doesn't really matter if they throw in the newest things. Work Bitch opens the show every single night of the show. I mean, that was like the, a great fucking opener. And that opened it. And then she kind of promoted, like, she kind of sang, quote unquote, perfume. Yeah. Well, speaking of quote unquote sang... <laughs> Let's get into the controversy because there was a lot of controversy raised after the leak leading up to the release mm-hmm. over whether or not all of the vocals on Britney Jean belonged to Britney Jean. People wondered whether it might actually be this background singer, Maya Marie, who had done work on Circus and Femme Fatale yeah. and was really able to replicate that kind of the distinct... very distinct vocal quality that mm-hmm. Britney has. Oh. Um, they believed that, that she was actually the lead vocalist on a handful of tracks passenger perfume alien were all tracks that were brought up what were your thoughts on that when when it was raised then what are your thoughts on it now i don't think that i really paid attention to any of that uh when it bubbled up at the time i think i've heard more about it since then just from other things and just reading about it and you know it's hard to say because you know also hearing the album that came after this album um i think she i think britney now will always be criticized for how how authentic are her vocals you know we we all accept as fans that she lip syncs her shows and we it's fine because we just want to see her perform she's a performer but at the same time with this particular album i think there was uh also a lot of criticism over some songs especially songs like It, it should be easy or even tick tick boom or like the vocal is so manipulated because it's mm-hmm. like it's Will I Am at the helm. So yeah. he loves his like very future pop kind of distinct, like fucking with the vocal so much that it doesn't sound like a whoever. human. Yeah, it doesn't. It sounds like a robot is singing. And so between that and then, you know, the questioning of there was also uh, she got flack for, you know, lip syncing to Sia vocals on perfume at her live show at her live show. Um, it's it's hard to say because I know Maya Marie is also credited as a background vocalist on Britney Jean, but not on the tracks, but not on the tracks, which is <laughs> yeah. and I think that where that first came out was Passenger was leaked. Yes, Passenger uh, was the one that when the when the album leaked was the first one yeah. that people were like, this doesn't even sound like her. Yeah. This it, has it's to so be. It's, you know, it's... It's weird to me. I, rem- I mean, I remember it at the time and I sort of like brushed it off because to me, I felt like we already all kind of accepted yeah. that that was going on mm-hmm. in the making of Britney Spears albums, especially post-2008 Yes, when she was in a very precarious position and and sort of rebuilding her mental state while she was still being put to work. And so it just sort of felt like a non-issue for me because I was like, well, yeah, that's what we've all... That's the deal we've all agreed to. (laughs) It's almost as if Britney is like she's the face or the like the image projected yeah. of of all of this other work that's going on behind the scenes and right well i mean i think of any of the major pop divas to me britney's career has always been the one that has felt the most manufactured mm-hmm. she's an, an, outstand, an outstanding and astounding performer but i i don't think that she was like even when she has writing credits i don't think she's the one you know writing melodies or lyrics. I just, I don't believe that. Um, So to me, it was sort of like, yeah, we know this. Like, we know that this is a packaged 
product, but we still love it anyway. I have heard that she has great work ethic and that she goes into the studio. She knows what she wants. She wants to get it done. One take. That's it. Yeah. But at the same time, you think about it as I think she just wants to get it over with. Yes. She just she goes in, records it. Okay. That's what. As, that's all you get. As painless as possible. And so maybe there's instances where they they have, oh, we can't use this or how do we... Like, how do we improve how do this? How we make it better? How do we mix it so they bring in another yeah. vocalist? Well, you have, I mean, that that is definitely the case because if you look at music videos, like for Femme Fatale, the video for um, the one where she has the paint hands. I want to go. Yeah, there's, she has like different hair in different scenes. Like they yeah. didn't, they didn't even take the time to like make the continuity work because you can tell that it's just like, we need to get this done. We mm-hmm. need to get it. We need to get as much usable content usable footage usable audio as we can and then we'll we'll put it together when we're done and i i guess to me it was like yeah we know that so why are we all shocked shocked freaking out holding it against her (laughs) i mean i think there's an element of you know it's both we want britney we want real britney authentic britney but also we acknowledge that it does seem like she doesn't always really want to be doing what she's doing yeah and um, it's this weird relationship for me where I love Britney's songs and albums and I listen to her and she does have, you know, she she does have a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. No one else sings like her and her particular style. Um, you think about it and like, do you even want to necessarily hear that live? I don't yeah. know, because it's like we accept that she doesn't really sing live that much anymore. Um, I will. I'm going to have a tangent here. <laughs> I got to see her sing live, and I know you've heard this story. At the Peace of Me show, <laughs> 20, August 2017, she broke protocol. She grabbed a fucking mic on the stage at the Peace of Me show, and she was like, she sang this Bonnie Raitt song. Yeah. Uh, and we were stunned. We were st- I can and even, even Brittany hold them, holding the mic, she was like, this feels so illegal, y'all. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, bitch, we know. Yeah. But I think it was actually a time when she was, it was a way for her to retaliate against people like um, coming after her for lip syncing. She was like, watch this in her yeah. own Britney way. I've never thought that Britney Spears can't sing. Right. We know she can sing. Yes. Uh, she, we know She's that. She's a singer. Yes. She, I really don't think she would have the career she does if she literally could not sing no. whatsoever. But I, I just, I definitely, there's so, I do believe there's a lot of manipulation going on yes. in, in all of her audio and, and layered vocals, whether they're her own or people adding to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens all the time in pop music. Yeah, it does. And in this case, you know, I think maybe this particular album was one where it was very heavy handed. Yeah. And maybe they had to use what they could. And honestly, at this, knowing how her team is now, we've, we've heard now, maybe they were just like, you know what? We just got to get this goddamn album out the fucking door so we can focus on this Vegas show. Yeah. And they were like, let's put these songs together, get them out, put an album out, whatever. Yeah. Um, reviews were kind of all over the place for Britney Jean. Billboard said it was a transitional record, her first album released in her 30s, and felt that it was reminiscent of the Britney album, um, her third album, which is a weird comparison for me. A little bit, yeah. Anatomy Weekly gave it a B plus. The reviewer said that they treasured Britney for, quote, remaining as enigmatic as the Disney-groomed, emotionally insulated teen who greeted us in the late 90s. Mm. And this review... Um, even was favorable to Will.i.am's production, saying that it, quote, happily indulges the fantasies of endorphin-seeking EDM festival goers, which I don't know if that's a compliment, but I guess it was supposed to be. At the time, maybe. Atlantic, though, said it was her most disappointing release yet. They called it dull. They said that glimpses into Britney Jean Spears, the artist, are frankly neither interesting nor informative. Um, And Slant slammed it for dated production and vocals that hark back to the days when Brit was selling 10 million records. 
Well, you know, I look at it too as as we were discussing kind of the marketing campaign for this album was how they kept saying it was her personal album and most yeah. personal album. And, and it, it goes back to the, our, our episode talking about Katy Perry and Witness and how it was all about this purposeful pop and really it wasn't even. And they, they had this campaign of how like politically minded it right. is. Yeah. And when it's not, when the end product is not that, why run with that message? Right. Like I wonder if the reviews would have been different if they were just like, no, this is just like Britney's dance record. Well, I also think it's sort of like, to me, in these later years of Britney's career, when she does interviews, she very clearly has one or two lines yep. that are the lines that she says, and she says to everyone, they're very clipped, they're very short. Her and term of endearment of Britney Jean. Yeah, it, it was that was <laughs> what it was in her head, and that was just what she was going to say when she was asked about it. I almost feel like I should we should play those clips on this episode of her <laughs> yeah. saying that over and over again. Yeah. When I'm you really when I was bad, I would always be called Britney Jean. That was mm-hmm. like the term of endearment that they would call me. So I wanted to share that with my fans and just. A term of endearment. That's a term of endearment. Term of endearment. You know, um, songs like Work Beep for my um, gay fans. You know, the term of endearment of that. Term of endearment. Listening back to it, because I'll I'll be honest, I don't think I really gave this album much attention when it came out. Me neither. Um, I think like most people, uh, as evidenced by how it performed, we're not alone in that. Um, Which is weird because, sorry to cut you off, because like, I feel like usually when a Britney album comes out, I like listen to it. For, I have like I have like a moment with that album for yeah. a while, and I'll listen to it on repeat yeah. for a while. And this was not the case. No, it was definitely not. It's hard for me to like put my finger on why that why that was. It's really weird. I I loved Femme Fatale. I loved me too. Glory. Me too. Um, I don't know what was in the air in 2013 when this all sort of happened. But listening back to it now, I found it to just be. Not a terrible album, but not good by any stretch of the imagination. And like, I'm looking at my list of songs that work, and it's very small. It was very hard for me to really come up with songs on this album that I think, quote unquote, work. Which ones were those for you? And literally the only one I have is Work Bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Well, that's the only song that I think that anybody really cares about anymore from this album. And I mean, you're right. It's listening back now. It does seem like just a record of like random songs put together or just like leftover dance songs. Yeah. It feels tracks. It feels (laughs) just like someone listened to a lot of the radio and was like, I think I can do that too. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, like I was saying earlier, it when looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, Will I Am was like, oh, that Britney song I did, Scream and Shout, that worked. Let's do that again. Let's do more of those. And when he did Big Fat Bass on Femme Fatale, he's like, let's just do that one too again. Yeah. And then they add the David Guetta songs and the Sia song, and it's kind of like in that weird song she does with her sister Jamie Lynch, (sighs) which is the weirdest. It's a weird song that like you can't get out of your head and like you sing along to it, but then you're like, this song is stupid. Well, it's just like when it's like this strummy guitar yeah. and but then uh, the chorus uh, breaks uh, down into uh, that uh, dance uh, beat. I'm like, what the f- what is this? You. So weird. It's um, baffling. That is one of the that's my first one on my list of songs that don't work. Like, well, well really? That one like truly fails for me because I don't understand it. it I remember it, th- it completely threw me off because I, w- I remember actually being excited to, oh, she has a duet with her sister. Same. You know, Britney had she had a duet with Miley Cyrus on Miley's album Bangers. And then you hear it and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But <laughs> the bonus tracks in this album actually kind of work for me. I actually like the bonus tracks. Okay. Um, <laughs> now that I found you, the Avicii sounding song that literally we sang sounds like an Avicii song, and you were saying, "Yeah, 
came out like six months after uh, Wake Up, Wake Me Up. Wake Me Up, yeah. I think it's a cute song. I can't. It literally can't. is a direct lift of that. The lyrics to me sound like someone took the lyrics to Rihanna's We Found Love and just like found synonyms for most of it because it literally is like talks about love in a helpless space. And I'm like, I was the, it, oh, you're right. It is literally like someone was like, we'll just change a couple of the words. It, it, <laughs> it, for it, for it to one sound like something else and then to have lyrics that sound like another something else, that is just like beyond the pale for me. <laughs> it feels, it's like th- this is not even. It worked for the time. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Okay, well, here, here's another thing. You know, as someone, as I've said a lot on this show that likes dance music, do you feel this way? So from like track, from like, it should be easy to like the next four songs are all the dance songs. It should be easy. And then you get tick, tick, boom. And then you get um, body ache, body ache. And then you get till it's gone. Like I, even now, sometimes I have a hard time differentiating between. The it's four. just one continuous thing. To it's because it's all that same EDM beat from that time. And we've talked on the show as well about how pop songs with that EDM sound of like 2012, 2013 kind of all have the similar sound. It sounds like a very simple production. It's yes. not timeless dance music. No. And it's, um, it's funny listening back. Cause I'm like, you know, each, each of these songs are not like terrible, but also like they all are on the equal playing field. Yes. I think what's, to me, they're not terrible. They're not like they're just like they're not like songs. massive, um, massive failures in a way that makes them interesting. They're just forgettable, which I think yes. is even a greater sin in pop music. Because when something just spectacularly flames out, at least that's like fascinating into what the fuck was going on. But this is just like I, I said this earlier before we sat down to actually record. But it was just like to me, this was dance music that feels timeless is is so because the person creating it cares about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is someone in pop music turned dance music into a product. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, it becomes entirely disposable because they don't care. And it uses production in a way that renders itself disposable in six months when the sound totally changes. Yes. And it's just so, so completely obsolete by then. That's where it, these all An example of what we're me. talking about for reference is... Hold It Against Me, the lead single off Femme Fatale, is when everyone was freaking out about, oh my God, she's, she's, she has a dubstep song. Yeah. That song holds up. It still sounds good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like of that time, but like these songs don't. No. And it's funny, listening to Tick, Tick, Boom, that fucking song still gets stuck in my head because it's so, it's just drivel. <laughs> tick, tick, boom. And it's just, yeah. and then you get that horrible TI rap and you're just like, like, and then the song before that, It Should Be Easy, that has Will I Am on the song. It's like, why even bother with these features when the song is such nonsense. Yeah. When I was listening to the album and I was sort of contemplating music that is so overproduced in the way that this album is, I was thinking of it in terms of like plastic surgery. Plastic surgery, when it is done well, shouldn't be noticeable. It should accentuate what was already there and sort of keep it what it was. But this production is like Jocelyn Weisenstein, the cat lady. Like when plastic (laughs) surgery is just... It's all you can focus on and it takes away from everything else. I know what you mean. That is there. Like that is sort of how I feel about this album. It's like plastic surgery gone wrong. That's just what That's a good analogy. The production, there's just like, it's like there are songs where it feels like every sound effect possible is being thrown into it. It's just, it's just so much. And like you said, it totally takes away from any any vocal prowess that it is present in Britney's singing ability, it renders it a moot point. It's sort of a saying to me, like, this doesn't even matter. So yeah, it's just, it it doesn't, 
it's just a producer's game. I agree. And I think one thing I want to say here right now is, you know, I think you and I both, we're we're not coming after Britney. No. We support Britney. If anything, you know, we, we empathize with her. We are absolutely, for this particular album, we are blaming Will I Am and the producers and all the overproduction of the entire team involved in this album for this final product. Did they have to make an album? Yes. Was it probably a rush to get it out before the Peace of Me show in Vegas? Yes. Did Britney even probably want to do this half the songs? No. Maybe we don't know. Yeah. But um, she'll never say that. But, um, you know, we, 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 we definitely want to say that we, we, we don't fault Britney for this. No. Um, because there actually are, there's a couple songs more towards the end that are not as dancey. Don't Cry, Brightest Morning Star. Not great songs, but no. they, they sound like her. Yeah. They, you, you're like, oh, that is Britney singing. Brightest Morning Star reminds me of like my baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that sort of like the one at the end that's about like her kids. Yeah. It's like the one. And here's the thing about those songs on Britney albums is like, are they the best songs? No. But what do we love about Britney? We love her the when we do get the authenticity from her we like that her vocal is not this per pitch perfect it's it's not it's not she's never going to be beyonce or you know adele mm-hmm. she but we like when we get that kind of raw britney sound that that's why i love blackout uh i mean yeah it's produced too but like you still get the real like yeah. all the uh's and all the yeah yeah you know all of that sure. when you hear that in her voice on those songs like i prefer that over the super produced songs because then you don't it doesn't sound like britney anymore and no. thus all the controversy right before we m- move on to life post this album let's go to drag <laughs> corner for our last time in the season oh uh our last little trip um i th- mine this was an you could probably guess what mine is it's a no-brainer yeah work yeah, i mean what duh. what else would you do yeah, what else well here's i mean <laughs> well you could it could be some kind of weird what yeah. it's funny about alien is as the opener of the record when it came out they were like oh she's working with william orbit it's gonna be like a madonna ray of light song yeah i think it was meant to be a single but she apparently liked the song and the song is about well, it's it, also a comment on fame there was a the idea that it would be because in the the E special, the E documentary that came yes. out after the album was released that was promoted, that was literally just an hour long commercial for it, <laughs> the residency. You're saying it. <laughs> yes. And I will stand by that for the rest of my life. In that, they were talking about the idea that it was going to be the third single. And then it never came to happen because no one cared. The album just flopped. Because they weren't focused on the album. They were like, yeah. they were, well, it's funny because like when an album comes out, you know, you want to promote it. And then they, they basically, like I said, I think they use the album to promote the piece of me show. And then the show started and they, she opened the show with Work Bitch. She kind of had performed Perfume for a little while, but what a boring song to stand there and perform. And then she, like, one night she did Alien and didn't really work with the crowd. So they replaced them pretty quickly with hits. And then when Glory dropped a few, couple years later, then they had some new material to insert into the show, and it was right. exciting again. And yeah. people wanted that. Yeah. It's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that, that E special was, it was kind of like a behind the scenes, but really it was about, it was about the Vegas show. Yeah. When I remember watching it, I was assigned to review it for work for the website I was writing for at the time. And I was just like there, when you see something like that, you want to learn something about the person who it's being focused on. You, you hope you go into it, hoping to like come out of it with a, maybe even an inch greater of an understanding of them or else what's the point of an hour long thing about them. But I just walked away from it uh, more resolute in the idea that she wasn't comfortable with doing press at all, which we knew because there's People, a whole thing yeah. about watching her do press and how uncomfortable she is in it. And then we just sort of watched them put the show together, which I guess 
is interesting, but it never even went deep enough into that. It was just a, a strange endeavor that only really worked to let people know that this show was happening in Vegas because the album wasn't promoting it. <laughs> but did we go? Them. Did you go? Yes. I yeah, went. Yeah, we all went. <laughs> I went when she announced it was ending. I took Brett on his birthday. We went on his birthday and we're in the pit. Oh, fun. Oh, that's where you had to be. Yeah. Here's the thing about a Britney show. Like, hot tip. If you're going to go to see Britney Spears, well, maybe not for a while, be in the front because you need to see her, like, facial expressions and her doing it. From yeah. far away, it's not as fun. No. I mean, it was a fun show. I went twice, actually. I think 2015. Yeah. Because she kept extending it. Yeah. And they, I think her team figured out, oh, she likes doing this. It's easy. She stays in one place. She has her kids. She only has to do a couple shows a week. Like, yeah. it's not the whole year. And they banked on that yeah, show. It, it was extended. It was originally supposed to be two years, extended to four years. It grossed close to $138 million in four years. Those tickets were not cheap. They were not cheap. And apparently it brought so much money to the Planet Hollywood Resort, the resort like redid a bunch of their interior. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when they started doing the renovation. What I think was was good about the residency also is that it gave her a sense of stability that mm-hmm. I think she needs. Britney Spears needs. Um, and I think that's why for so long she presented as doing so well and was sort of coping with her myriad struggles that we don't know the full extent of and we shouldn't. No. It's none of our business. Right. But I think that the she was presenting as healthy because it gave her a schedule. It gave her a, a place to be, a routine that didn't require her to constantly be picking up and moving the way that a tour does. Did she want to do it? I'll we'll never know. But did it help her? I think maybe in in some ways it was it, was it, it, it had a, a positive best effect on her. It might have been the best option for her. Yeah, um, probably better than touring. Which interestingly enough, they, they actually took after. the piece of me show on the road the and just Coast. did the same and then show to the UK and the yeah, and yeah. Like Europe. And Britney's, you know, she's. I think we've always loved her, no matter what she's been through, because she does seem like a very sweet person. Yeah. Um, oh, I get like emotional. <laughs> Um, you feel bad for her and like she's always really you can tell that she really cares about like being a mom and her kids and like I think this was something this was an option for her to be able to still be with her kids and not have to travel and all of that yeah Um, but you do feel bad for the woman sometimes because like like we've said on this episode already like it just doesn't always seem like like this album uh, being labeled the most personal album to date I don't think she wanted to even do it no I don't either before we get into a lot of that because I do want to touch on that whole thing. Let's just talk about the work mm-hmm. that came after first. 2015 is the release of Pretty Girls. <laughs> All around the world, Pretty Girls. Oh my god. Um, with Miss Igwu Australia. Uh, <laughs> Iggy Azalea <laughs> peaks at 29. And literally, I was surprised it even peaked that high. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a universally loathed piece of entertainment. The video is so just cringe, cringeworthy, embarrassing. Cringy. Yeah. That same year, she does Tom's Diner on the Giorgio Morador Which album. Which I love. Um, and interesting enough, when, we're, when we were talking earlier about how with Britney, you sort of have to just work with what you're able to get out mm-hmm. of her for the time you have her. I remember when that came out, there is that bridge that has like Giorgio's voice instead, the robotic thing. And he, I read an interview where he said that when he was going to like master the song, he realized it needed a bridge so he wrote one and when he went back to see if Britney would record it they're like no she's done with the song so he was like well I he's like I had to just do it myself because I wanted the bridge in there so that's sort of speaks to how it is when you get Britney for a project but I do know that 
when he wanted to collaborate with her, it was she was the one who wanted to do this song. Yes, the song idea was hers for sure. But it was so sort I give of her, like, I give her credit for that. When it was done, she just wasn't going to return yeah, to that it. Was it. Um, Don't you wish there was a video for this song? I do. Because yeah. one, I love Tom's Diner, the original, yes, and I loved Susanna that Vega. version of it. Uh, it was such a totally out of left field Completely. idea to to redo that song, turn it into a dance track like that. It was just, it was wild and fun and everything that Pretty Girls was not. But we get these like moments where we kind of get like a, a, a glimpse into what Britney really likes. And she, yeah. she, the music she likes is like, it's totally different than what she does as a, as a performer. Yeah, definitely. 2016, she drops Glory. Yep. Glory's oh. released, debuts at number three. It a um, sells a little bit more in its first week, 110,000 albums. Definitely much better. Um, it's so, it really is so good. Interestingly, the executive producer is a woman named Karen Queck, who I've never really heard of before. I find it interesting that it was the first time she had an executive producer who was a female who worked with her on it. And the album... A lot of female writers. Julia Michaels wrote a lot of the yeah, songs on the record, too. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely it does feel of its moment. There's a lot of the trop pop in there. Yes. But I was listening to that album today and it doesn't feel dated. It, no, it, it, it sounds fresh still. Yeah, the some of the songs sound like they could be Selena Gomez songs or Right, and that's the Julia Michaels Blood Pop. Yep. Uh, Justin oh, Tranter and Justin Tranter, yes. all of it. There's but just, they, it's such a good album. Those songwriters are quality songwriters yes. whereas perhaps Will I Am is not. I think they learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah. But it's such a fantastic body of work from start to finish. It's just, I remember that album coming out. It was like on repeat for me for a long time. Yeah. One of my favorites of 2016. And I would always, when I would go back to it, I would find like a new song to obsess over. Yeah. Like one that I had kind of overlooked before. Um, I was always just like finding new stuff in that album. It is really good. I was just playing Liar before we started recording. Yeah. That's a good one. And I was on um, driving here. I was playing Better. Better oh, is so uh, good. That's... I, that all that should have well there were only two singles from glory yeah. too that could have been one yeah and that whole the promo for that i mean obviously she was working in vegas at the same time but that was it, it, it just lends the sense that this career is like keeping up is is now existing to fund a life and not to further artists well, it's fund a life and a, and a, a team of people but yeah the make me video controversy of that original video not being released. And it's going back to Brittany Jean for a minute. Um, Joseph Kahn, famous music video director, yep. he directed the video for perfume, but the director's cut for that video was never released. It was like, they, they released this like weird cut where it was like kind of meant to be like very lighthearted and like, Oh, she's like sad about this guy or whatever. But I guess in the original video that they, the director's cut to this day has never been released is like, she's actually an assassin and she gets this assignment to kill the man she's in love with. And it's mm-hmm. this very dark twisted thing that I actually could see Brittany being down with. Cause yeah. she likes when she gets to it act. It's very like a toxic. Yeah. Redo. Yeah. And I don't know why it was never released, but um, that, that seems to be a theme with her as well. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, when she, she did have some quotes about the work pitch video where she sort of expressed discomfort with the sexuality in the video um where she said that she's like a mom now so it did feel weird for her and i do think that there is part of her like we said this like that review said this was the first album as she transitioned into her 30s and i think that these these videos get made and then she decides to shelve them because i think at the end of the day that isn't the image that she wants for herself any longer right even though that that still is like what the public wants and expects because it's like, yes, bitch, we want you to be like fierce femme <laughs> yeah. fatale. Yeah. It's all just, it's, it's a very hard thing to talk about for me in a respectful and a responsible way because there's so much conjecture. There's so much 
just wild conspiracy theorizing about it's what gotten, is happening in her life. It's really gotten out of control. It you know, has. I, I, I walked, there was that free Britney protest. I think was it last week, uh, or two weeks recently ago. here in West Hollywood outside city hall. And I walked down to get a coffee and in, in the after my afternoon coffee. And I just was kind of wanted to see what it was all about and how many people are actually there. And like all the news was there and like ET or whatever. I tweeted a pic of it and it like got like went viral or whatever. But, um, but I, you know, by no means was I, neither supporting nor whatever i was just kind of an observer observer yes because it is kind of this fascinating like i was saying at the beginning of the episode twist in the public obsession with her meltdown to come full circle to this like sect of fans that are convinced of this conspiracy but large more more so i think people are just now saying like leave let like let the woman like she needs yeah. a break like let her figure it out leave yeah. her alone it's, yeah 2019 has been very I'm trying to choose the right word here. I guess interesting, um, eye-opening, eyebrow-raising in Britney's life and career. In the fall of 2018, after Piece of Me ended, she announced a new residency in Vegas. It was to be called Domination. It was going to move. She was going to move to the Park MGM Hotel, where Lady Gaga is, where Gina Jackson is, where it's kind of becoming the new epicenter yep. for these pop diva residencies. Tickets go on sale. Rehearsals are happening. It, they're being documented on Instagram through the dancers who had been hired to work this show. Um, in January, with literally a month before it is set to open, um, it is abruptly canceled, completely canceled, uh, refunded. The The reason given is that Jamie Spears, her father, and her co-conservator had fallen ill a couple of months prior, um, had had apparently uh, a ruptured colon, had been hospitalized, was very touch and go, and she was putting her entire career on hiatus to spend time with her family, to be with them. And she didn't post on social media for months. We didn't hear from her. And everyone, you know, it, it went from everyone respecting that and accepting that to very slowly as the months went on in this year, wondering what actually is going on. Um, in early March, Andrew Wallet, who was the lawyer on the conservatorship for over 10 years, who had been handling the business affairs, the business side of things, abruptly resigned. He filed with the courts to be immediately removed from the, from the conservatorship, um, like as as he turned the paperwork in, which is strange, and um, there was no real reasoning given um, because their court documents and they're so dry and they don't really like explain anything. And in in doing so, that leaves Jamie Spears in charge of everything, in charge right. of all of her medical, her personal decisions, and now her business decisions as yeah. well. Um, and. Towards the end of March, Brittany enters into treatment. It's her first time she's posted on social media. She says she's going to be taking some me time. The press is informed that she is entering into an outpatient treatment center, that the the pressures and the stresses of her father's health had been weighing on her, and she needed to just seek some help to recalibrate herself. And then in April, this thing gets sort of blown wide open. The Free Brittany movement. With Yeah, with this podcast episode. Yeah. And the allegations that are made within, I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't really want to give them any more press, but someone calls into this podcast claiming to have worked on the conservatorship and has firsthand knowledge. So they say that Brittany didn't want to go into treatment herself, that she was forced into it. There's allegations that perhaps she had been in treatment longer than we, than the public had been informed of it. And free Brittany, hashtag free Brittany really becomes a thing. And it's a lot to make sense of. As it's a, a lot fan. to make sense of. Part of me is like, <clears throat> it is none of my business. Yeah. It's none of our business. I don't know anything about what it takes to be 
put into a conservatorship and what it takes to maintain one and to be kept on one. And to me, that seems like a, a, a last resort effort to m- maintain a person's life. Yeah. Um, none, none of us are experts. Right. And, you know, while we while we question why it's happened, gone on for so long or what the reasoning is, it's real. Like you said, it's really they don't owe us anything. Right. And as much as yes, does it sound like her team maybe made up the reasons why she went? Maybe they wrote the social media posts. Maybe that's not the real reason. Likely. Is it our business to know the real reason? No. I, under, I can understand why there are so many fans who feel like she's being held against her will or, you know, maybe... But we don't know what's going on. Right. And, you know, all we know, I think the most important thing is that everybody should just acknowledge that, you know, I think a lot of people acknowledge actually the fact when domination was announced, there was kind of this general feeling of why is this happening again so soon? Yeah. Why another Vegas show so soon? You know, the, the, the announcement event that was such a mess was like, it just seemed so forced. And, and I think it came to a point where a lot of Britney fans were basically like, we don't need her to do this right now. Right. And well, there, yeah, there were people like, give us new music, but it's also like, maybe just let her like have a minute. Cause she's been giving us, giving it to us nonstop for years. Yeah. And if this is what, you know, this is what's happening now. And yeah, there's going to, there's no, no matter what, she's one of the most famous people in the world is going to be questioning about what's going on. But I think it's, it's gotten out of control and I know we're talking about it now, but we're talking about it because we we're acknowledging it and we're talking about this album. But we also, you know, I think we, you and I both agree that like, you know, we don't know what's going on and we, we'd rather just give her this, that space. Right. I see like both sides of this argument because I feel like there is a portion of this fan base who thinks that the only way to get the courts to either change their mind or look at why this is still this conservatorship is still in existence is to make the noise because they believe that there is no one in her life who is advocating on her behalf to, to do what she actually wants. But at the same respect, it's like, we don't, no one knows that we're all operating. When we speak about this, we're all operating on a bunch of supposition on a bunch of conjecture on a bunch of our own assumptions or our own, like, or maybe our own selfish desires of what we want from Britney Spears. Right. Um, it's it's just, it is, it's, it's sad. And it makes me look at, you know, the later half of her career in a different way. Yeah. I think when I was like trying to pick three songs that I love, it was like really hard for me to like consider a lot of the newer stuff because I was like, did she even want to make this? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, with that interview I talked about earlier, it just... You know, we can laugh about it, but like she really, she does seem uncomfortable. And in a strange way, it's like, this is the job. This is the only job she's ever known. This yeah. this is her career. She was groomed for it. This is her, like, she looks at this as a job, yeah. whether or not she enjoys it or not. But, uh, you know, I think it's important that we just, whatever's, whatever needs, whatever she needs to do, let her do it. You know, we don't expect anything more from her at yeah. this point. Um, to me, I think she's done. She is one of the all-time greats. She has done so much, and it doesn't have to continue. Yeah, agreed. You know what I would love, and I've, I've said this in the past, take a long break, Brittany. Like, write a book when you're older. Do yeah. <laughs> sell, Have a best-selling book about your life. Yeah. That would be so interesting. Yeah. 
if the time's right, you know? Yeah. Couldn't you see Britney, like, in her 40s or 50s, like, doing, like, a tell-all kind of thing? Definitely. I Yes, I could. An Oprah sit-down? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I just, like you said, you she seems so sweet, and she yeah. seems at times so lost. And what she went through was such a one-of-a-kind sort of public meltdown that should have never been public. It just... it. Well, it was public, but also it was a time when people weren't being supportive. Yeah. We as a public were, we just wanted more from her. It was like this obsession with what's she going to do next. And now it's this obsession with either, you know, free her from her captors or it's just kind of this belief of the woman, you know, acknowledgement of the woman. Like, you know, she, she, we deserves don't, she, she deserves a break. We don't know what's going on, but let her, whatever she's got to do. Yeah. We love you, Brit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we just want you to be well. Um, on that heavy ass note, it <laughs> has the note to end it all. All right. Uh, I, I, I guess we should render a verdict. I think it's like pretty clear in terms of the artistry where this album I think we lies. both agree it's a flop. It's a flop. That's why we chose it. This, yeah. I mean, I think this is, might've been the, the first one that popped into our heads when we, when you, when you told me the theme of the show. Yeah. A <clears> lot <throat> of the people we've chosen in the albums we've chosen were flops that we felt were wrongly yes. labeled as such. But I definitely feel like this was an instance in a person's career when the artistry wasn't there and it didn't, and it sort of, I guess, got what it deserved. Um, which it was isn't, a product. It, it, yeah. And it, and it rightly was sort of ignored because it, I, I wouldn't even say this is a Britney Spears album. Like this is, this is like a, a dance record of that was released at this time that some people produced that, yeah, had some of her vocals on it. It's, yes. <laughs> thank you. It, yeah. Take it out of the canon. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It is inconsequential. It doesn't, it's not something that you think of when you think of her like body of work. No. But Britney herself is not a flop. No. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. She is an icon that lives on and has given us really, I mean, she has kind of helped shape the state of yeah. pop music now. What a career. I mean, so many, so many pop stars, you know, have been inspired by her in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That is the end of our oh first season of Flop Stars, wow. you guys. Crazy. <sighs> I'm still going to like think of my pop and flop every week. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you want to hear our thoughts on music before we re- make our grand return and you want information on when that grand return will be, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Flop Stars Pod. Um, we will try and make that as active as possible in, yes. this, in this hiatus. And as always... If you like what you've listened to, please like it, rate and review it, subscribe it, subscribe it so that even if you don't follow us on Twitter, you know when we return because it'll show up on your phone. And we may be back for a few surprises before we're back in full force for season two. You never know. You'll Gotta just... give us some time to think up some fun yeah, ideas. Yeah, we're gonna regroup, <laughs> figure out what, what this next step is for us. But thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for giving us love on social media. Um, We really appreciate it. It's been so much fun. Clearly, we are obsessed with pop music. And Mm -hmm. we're so happy to have shared that with you. And with that, we'll see you when we see you. Oh, Billy, this has been so much fun. It has. (laughs) We'll be back. I'll never see you again. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, guys. Have a good one. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.